Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. Episode 236. I, I'm getting that right. I think the last three have been a, a like a episode behind. But 236, um, we have... I'm going to try to get this correct. You're going to do it. My wife says all the time. She introduced herself. But Gio Venina. Yes. Bucci. Yes. And from now on, we're just going to call you G. So. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you came highly recommended from multiple people. Um, my wife included and some other musical people and I hear your name all the time. I know I've seen you play before. Um, we're going to have her, maybe her co-host guitar play with us a little bit later. Um, (laughs) but people that do not know you, who are you? What do you do? Obviously you seem like a lot of fun. So this is going to be a fun podcast. I'm excited. Yes. This will be good. And you came over from the great state of Vermont to join us. I did. Yeah. It was a fun and fitness day at school. So I had to change out of my tie dye to get podcast ready for all of you who can't see us. So. I'll get a picture later. The tie-dye actually would have been pretty good, but that's okay. So. Um, yeah, so I am, um, well, I have a few roles at present. I'm a part-time school psychologist, but I am um, finishing that gig, and the kids' last day is tomorrow. All the people in education I can feel me on the excitement <laughs> that is burning deep in my soul right now for everyone to have summer break. But I, I've been at this school for seven years and I'm, you know, it's bittersweet. It's it's been an amazing community of people to work for and with. Um, so I'm done that. Um in the next week and going shifting full-time into being a gallery owner, Mm -hmm. which I opened in November of 2020. Um, It's called Marigold. It's in Burlington. Um, And I have a lot of hopes and dreams for this space. Apparently I need the time to like foster those things. (laughs) And then I play music and that's me. (laughs) So, and and you're, okay. So I want to, we're going to pull back the layers yeah. here and start, and we're going to dive back into that. So you're originally from the area? I am. I was born and raised in Plattsburgh and um, like went through um, Bailey Avenue, Oak Street, uh, Plattsburgh Middle School, the high school, and then I ventured off to Ithaca College. Okay. Um, I finished that, and then I moved to Ireland for a few months Um because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And then my pack of friends started an email chain while I was in Ireland that was like, hey, we're moving to St. Thomas. If anybody wants to go and work a season, um, you know, like, come on board. And then nine of us went. The (laughs) island of St. Thomas, right? The island of St. Thomas, yeah. So nine of us went. I'm still alive, which I'm so grateful for looking back (laughs) because there's many poor decisions that happened (laughs) in that um, span of time. A lot of memorable ones as well. But um, so the original plan was like, oh, we'll go for six months, like work this season, blah, blah, blah. But I ended up staying for two and a half years, Um, like met a boyfriend at the time. We then moved to Flagstaff, Arizona, okay. and I was there until 2011, and then I came back to Plattsburgh. Um, I did a year of AmeriCorps with BHSN, 
Okay. I'm really giving you the resume. This here. is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is the quick and dirty. Okay. <laughs> I did a year with um, AmeriCorps um, and I was at BHSN for that year. And then I started the school psych grad program in 2012 at SUNY Plattsburgh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there, graduated from there um, in 2015. And then I moved to Durango, Colorado for a year, which was lovely and magical I just knew it was a little too far to like root because I'm I have you know I'm super close to my family and etc well I'm sure they'll come up at some point um and and so I left Durango and I moved to Vermont in 2016 so I've been there ever since so okay so you you're now kind of like settled for a few years but so like the 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 going around and traveling, was it was easy for you to pack up and just change? Yeah. Did you love that part? I'm a was fire it- sign. I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. So I love me some change. Yeah. So that's it good. Was, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and this is like one of the uh, threads of the gallery as well, which I'll get into. But <laughs> I, yeah, I've always had sort of this like wandering spirit. I love diving into new places and being in new places and sort of like fully immersing myself in you know, like another community. And it doesn't have to be like a big place. I just love, even if I go and, you know, like travel, I love sort of like spending a week in a small town and like going to different restaurants and in that little place and like going on adventures in that little place and really getting the full experience and having conversations with, you know, like people to, you know, get recommendations for the next cool spot to check out. That's, I just, I love it. So where'd you go in Ireland? I lived in Londonderry, okay. and I was broke as all heck. I don't know what the swearing rules and, and are. You can swear, you can say whatever you want. Okay. Is, it, <laughs> were you young at the time? I was twenty. Okay. I had uh, no. I was. Let me think about this. I was twenty when I graduated college, um, and oh, I. Was early. I graduated a year earlier and then a year, a year early, and then I was. I'm also just like I was like seventeen when I went to college. I was just like. Get as soon done. as I turned, I was able to go into kindergarten. My parents were like, get out of here. You know, <laughs> you have a lot of energy. Um, so, so I, yeah, so I was in Londonderry and I was 21 at that time. And I was there for like three months, um, stayed with um, like friends of friends. And I okay. ended up doing like a, I worked for like a volunteer um, after school pro- program for teenagers that were doing like journalism kind of stuff. Um. I, I've been able to go over there a couple times, and yeah. it's one of my favorite places on earth. Yeah, we were down in uh, London. Dairy is a little bit more north, though, right? Yeah, it's quite north. Yes, um, it's way up there. Did you ever go to County Kerry? No. So that's like Kerry Cork. It's like the south. So like the southwest was where my yes. family was from. So we went down there and have cousins and stuff down oh, there. Amazing. It's, yeah, and Ireland's yeah. great. I want to. I'm spend oh, years. Amazing. I want to go back. Yeah. So like anybody that goes to Ireland, like oh, where'd you yeah. go? Yeah, like, and it was amazing. So I was in. I mean, I had like. I lived with the with this um, family and I was, you know, on foot and, as I mentioned, very broke. So I, like, got this whole, you know, s- experience by doing whatever I could to, like, enjoy what I was in. So one fun story I have from Ireland is I went out on Valentine's Day by myself to this, like, bar, you know, that we, like, always went to. And I met this couple and they were, like... 
um, we got chit-chatting and they were like, oh my gosh, we love meeting new people and taking them on adventures. And I was like, oh, this sounds amazing. Yes, because I'm 21 and I'm like, this is a really (laughs) safe and good idea. I totally do not have like um, a cell phone. I have nothing, right? So it was like, we're going to pick you up at the fire station tomorrow at 10. And I was like, okay, I will be there. And I have to say, it was indeed a magical day. They took me to Malin's Head, which is the most northern point in Ireland. And they were both um, like from the area. And we went to like the wife's like mom's house and they made tea and biscuits and the like old fashioned... Um, you know, like wood burning stove yeah. that they cooked on in the like back. bread and stuff. Yeah, yep. and then um, like a brother was a woodworker, and I got to see all that. And and they were just this genuinely like amazing and lovely couple that this story could have gone like one of two ways. And I'm so grateful it went the way that it did, and it ended up being like this really memorable experience. Is uh is Londonderry Ireland or Northern Ireland? Northern Ireland. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so we just kind of like up here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to say, because I, I mean, I've never been this far north. The most north I was was kind of like in this range. Yes. So like, yeah. So I flew into Dublin and then I got on a train, I think. Okay. A train or a bus. Almost missed my stop and um, rolled in with a completely oversized L.L. Bean bag that did not roll or anything. It just was like schlepped over my shoulder. <laughs> it had my name you know, inscripted on it, high school graduation gift. And I was like, I'm here. <laughs> and ready, then, to, ready to yeah, tackle. Yeah. With like no plan, no agenda. So, so, yeah. So are, have you always been like seat of your pants? Just kind of like, just do it? Or are you like, a, are you a big planner? Or are you like? Um, I would definitely not consider myself a big planner. Okay. However, um, with time and age, I have learned the... <laughs> um, you know, some of the like advantages of thinking ahead. And now that life is just like kind of busy and in a lot of different directions and like booking gigs and all the stuff and having to think ahead, I am like a hundred percent more planful than I ever was before the age of 30. So, um, so you go, okay. So St. Thomas. So what was yeah. the draw there? That was just on a whim too? Like, yeah. So we, um, so this couple that we were all like friends with, um, the guy had gone down previously and worked like seasons and he was like, I'm going back. Anybody want to go? And and one by one, it was like, well, are you going? I'll, I'll go if you're going. And, and so like it was just this trickle effect. <laughs> and we lived in two apartments above and below each other. And and in my apartment was two bedrooms and five girls and five twin mattresses that like lined the bedroom. It was like a big sleepover. Like it was like, like a real world two thousand five. <laughs> yeah, like just um, it was a real experience. Yeah, and and like the only thing we ever had in our refrigerator was nothing, and then we had like freeze pops. You know what I mean? And just like we were, everybody was had just graduated college. I happened to have been like a year out at this point, but I was no wiser or anything like that. Like I just was like, yeah, let's do it. So. We did. And <laughs> and I had like, you know, everybody worked like a million jobs and everybody like worked their rear ends off to, so, you know. So what were you doing? Like what was the... So I was a, a, I was a barista like the whole time I was down there. And okay. then I like co-managed a retail store for a year. And then I start. that's really where I started playing music out. 
Okay. And so, yeah, the um, for one of my birthdays, like the group of people I was with all pitched in and got me an amp and some nice. things that I could use to like start playing out, which was amazing. And that sort of like launched um, just gigging. So when you – so St. Thomas, was this more of like the um, – was it like the – like in part – like, was it touristy or not touristy? I guess I'm saying. Like, is it, was it something where you were just like revolving door people or were you with the locals a lot? Um, so it was kind of like, uh, eventually we started to like meet and hang with locals and it, like several people met like partners or boyfriends or, you know, girlfriends yeah. or whatever down there, um, like during the time. And, but, you know, it, St. Thomas is just such like a wave of tourism. It's like, it's like, a million cruise ships from, you know, like November to March. And then it kind of chills out tenfold for the, you know, like rest of the time. Cause it's 150 degrees all the time, but it's, but it's awesome. Cause it's empty. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a totally a double-edged sword. Cause you're like, this is great. There's like no tourists, you know, we can go do what we want when we want kind of thing. And then you know, a lot of the, like, a lot of the jobs all of us had were, like, pretty tourist-dependent, so, you know. So, well, so when, when did you start playing music? Like, were you, like, you started gigging. Let's say you start gigging in St. Thomas. You yeah. were, like, in your 20s. Were you playing music as a young, as a child, or? I was playing, um, I was haphazardly blowing through an alto saxophone for nine nice. years. Yeah. And then, um, but I had like, I, I grew up in like a super, um, music was always like on and yeah. you know, my, my parents, um, didn't play, but they were just, we always like went, they always went to shows. We went to concerts growing up. Like it was just kind of like a big thread that, you know, wove through like life up until that point. So played the alto saxophone, bless my parents for coming to so many band concerts, <laughs> like so many. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, and then for my high school graduation, I got a, my uncle's guitar as a gift. And that's like really when I started to, so I brought that with me to college okay. and then I, um, played painfully at some open mics for several years. And then I, I mean, I started writing kind of right away and then, um, yeah, just sort of played here and there at like open mics. I didn't have like a ton of my own shows or anything like that in college. And then, yeah, ventured to St. Thomas and was like, all right, just going to give it a whirl. So, so you're like 17, right? You said you graduate 17. Yep. So you get a guitar at 17. Have you ever played a guitar at that point? Um, not seriously. No, I've okay. learned like three or four chords or something like that. Okay. Yeah. And then did you play a lot in college? Was that like where you got the I bug? practiced a lot. Okay. Yeah. And I was, I mean, it was completely infuriating for so long because it's a hard instrument to learn. Yeah. There's like a lot of muscle memory things that need to happen for a chord change to not sound like murderous to your ears, you know, or take like a full 10 seconds. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, bring. Well, it's like the yeah. calluses on your fingertips. <laughs> yeah. It's like the cramping of your hands. It's all those things. Um, yeah. So, so at what, I guess like, how did you, or how did you learn to play guitar? Was there like, was it YouTube? Was it sheet music? Was it books? Was it yeah, I looked with up somebody? Like, Do you have a teacher? I did not have a teacher. I was pretty well um, self-taught and I like looked up you know, tabs and yep. to try and figure Ultimate out guitar. some things. Yeah, you yep. know it. Yep. yep. Um, and 
Yeah, because I mean, like YouTube wasn't a big thing. Yeah. I mean, this is like 2000, you know, I was in college in 2001 to 2004. Yeah, so I was wondering, so, so like there's like now it's like the, you can YouTube any, so- any song and there'd be oh, like a bunch of covers. People will tell you how to play it. A hundred percent. Yeah. So I just kind of like tried to figure it out. I mean, I listened, continued listening to a bunch of music and obviously there was like styles that I really enjoyed and um yeah, and I've like I've never played with a pick. I've always um, like finger picked, and okay. you know try. I think over time I've just naturally sort of developed like my own. You strum with just fingers. I strum with just fingers. Yep. Yeah, a pick is so messy sounding for me. So I yeah. So um, so when you get a guitar and you start practicing, like, at, was there a stage that you remember like? Like I really like this instrument and want to commit to playing this a lot, or or slash like I feel like I'm getting it. Like I feel like I've I've turned a corner and now I'm like, it's like kind of being a little bit more ingrained in second nature and I don't have to think as much. I still think a lot when I play. Okay. Yeah, there's not because there's always just so far to go. You have infinity to go. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you are committed to wanting to get like for your instrument and you to become this like harmonious you know relationship full of reciprocity right (laughs) it's like a major labor of love like I'm just not somebody that like I memorized all the theory and I memorized all the like I know every note on like I definitely don't you would not know by talking to me that I have been playing this instrument for as long as I have and that that's not the most like that's not like my (laughs) proudest thing that I'm sharing with however many of you are listening to this I'm working on it, but, but, you know, it's just, I, I, there, there have been moments that have felt like really, I felt really great about my playing, but you know, like any creative person that you probably talk to in here, it's like, there's for, for those moments, there's 9 million where you're like, Oh gosh, that could have gone better. You Do know? you, um, can you read music? <laughs> Um, uh, I can read, yes. So I can read music that, you know, for like alto saxophone, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would, I'm way out of practice, like 20 years out of practice. So it would take me a while to, yeah, you know, get, or like 15 to 17 years out of practice. But, um, but guitar though, it's just more guitar. I mean, I will like look up, you know, like tabs occasionally or look up like chord charts and stuff like that. But, um, I just songwriting is really where my passion is in terms of guitar playing. So um, I finally took a lesson. I finally took my first batch of lessons um, during the pandemic. And that was like life changing. And I was like, why did I not do this? Like guitar lessons or songwriting (laughs) lessons? Guitar lessons. Okay. Yeah. Like with an instructor, like one on one or online Uh or with it. Yeah. With an an instructor and a player that I know over in Burlington, um, Bob Wagner, who played on my last album. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it was like, I mean, it opened like a million gates and I have, I've, it, it is equally um, overwhelming and amazing because you like learn a new trick or you learn like a little bit more about the neck or like where to go next or or um, just there's just so much out yeah. there that I'm like, oh, well, I, feel, I still feel so green. Well, you know? when you look at like a guitar and I played very briefly in, in college enough yeah. that like I understand like what you're re- referencing, but like yeah. not at a very advanced level at all. So but I remember like thinking and or looking at all the scales and like just how many different parts are on the neck of the guitar that yes. you can play different notes. And the thing that I ne- I don't understand because I understand music theory is like the root notes and how things change as you go up and down the neck. And when you see these really proficient players and they're just like, their fingers are just going all over the place, but the 
the music is just like like beautiful. Yes, that's and, not me. Okay, but it's like but it's <laughs> I am, wild. I am how, thinking very hard but, about but like where how, to go next. <laughs> but like how how like uh, but like how much like. Like everything just kind of intertwines, and like totally. it's a, it's like a language on this guitar, like the neck. And yes. I, like when Taylor was in here, she said the same thing. She goes, "I can't read music." She goes, "I can, I have a pretty good ear. I know my chords." Yeah, yeah. And I can kind of, and then she even did some like, like demonstrations. I'm sure this stuff you do too, but she could like manipulate the way she strums and way she picks and way she kind of totally. mute stuff that it kind of adds a little flavor to like a C chord. And yeah, you can kind of make it pop a little bit more. Totally. Yeah, and so this is you know like I didn't uh, scales for example like knew zero scales <laughs> until I'm not kidding like three years ago and now I'm like okay well I know this one Mm -hmm. you know but there's like nine million other ones to learn so um yeah it is a it is just a uh, I will forever be learning you know which is amazing I think that's the thing that also kind of keeps me going back because it is you know for someone that like loves um you know transition and change and sort of movement and all this stuff it's mm-hmm. like i have the luxury of this thing near me that i like lo- really passionately love and it always gives back in some capacity whether it's music or some lesson about like perseverance or struggle or you know what i mean it's yeah. just always sort of helping me grow i think musically and in other ways how often do you play like, how often do you practice and then gig? I gig, um, you know, gigging has like ebbed and flowed. At the moment, I'm gigging about once or twice a week. Cool. And then um, life is just bonkers right now. So I'm not doing a great job practicing. And um, I think with this shift of like being done at school and really moving towards like the gallery and music, I have big hopes and dreams for how to like continue just evolving is there always a guitar just hanging out like just ready to go like laying on the couch or like on a stand like in the house at all times there is um there's a ukulele out at our house all the time which we uh just got over the winter and started fiddling on that little cutie okay and i love the sound of ukulele adorable i'm like it's and it's actually been like pretty good to figure out some like fun little riffs yeah on it because it is always out you know some great songs just based off of ukulele it's like Totally. So I'm I am having a lot of fun with that. And so that's easy to like pick up for 10 or 15 minutes. My guitar is always in the same spot at our house. I just have to like open it up and, you know, get ready to get ready to get in there. <laughs> so like when you practice, like what, what would a practice session for you be like? Can you go into it? Like, what are you, are you trying to accomplish something or just randomly just like, eh, I just feel like playing this song? I, I, I just get an itch to play mm-hmm. and I am always writing. So I'm always, um, whether I'm working on like one song, which is really atypical because there's always like 12 to 15 sort of open-ended ones and you're and like half of them, you're like, this is going nowhere, <laughs> you know, or like, you've already said this or you've already written this, you know? And so like there is sort of this exploratory piece of like constantly having an album's worth of songs open and ready for your attention depending on the mood. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, is there um like when you write music, is there like a thought that goes through your head when you're trying to write it? Is it just kind of like, are you a journaler? Are you like, do you write poetry? Do you, it's all. Yeah, it comes in all different ways. I mean, there's um, some songs that legitimately feel like they write themselves mm-hmm. and um, you grab onto that moment and hold it really tight and execute that process. Cause you know, it's like 
not going to last forever. And then there's some that are never done. And then there's some that are, um, you know, in process for like months, years, you know, it's just. So, so when you, (laughs) so, um, are you like, do you do the music first? Do you do the lyrics first? I usually do them simultaneously. However, I have, um, over time I have, started to try and and concentrate a little bit more on writing and um i worked with a um ryan mott blue produced my last album okay. and um workshopping the process of workshopping with him i was gonna say yeah. he's he's i mean he's an act he's a pretty big name right yeah he's I was like gonna say, very like, well established i was gonna say i'm like i've heard his, him before yeah, yeah yeah he's got his he is he has certainly got his um, i was like i'm like is that a local guy i'm like no i feel like he's a little beyond <laughs> yeah local. yeah so he was um so gracious in producing this album and we did a lot of workshopping and i learned an incredible amount in that short amount of time of workshopping through some of these songs and really um becoming more focused on like words lyrics how you know the rhythm of things fit together without a guitar in my hand and Mm -hmm. I feel like it opened up sort of a new door and a new way of thinking about writing where it was like I was always thinking about like the music and the lyrics and your attention is automatically split you know and sometimes that works like for sure and then and then I can also appreciate its drawbacks you know well so when you like does the like do you think of a theme? Do you think of like a ver- like one word or a verse or a phrase? Like, wh- like what kind of triggers a song for you or a mood that you're just like, I feel like, I feel like very upbeat right now or very like sappy and sad. Like, does it? I mean, the first 20 years of writing were about heartbreak because I yep. like hadn't met my person, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, okay, now what do I write about? You know, like after, I mean, there's still these, you know, you still think about like, like, um, I don't know. Sometimes I'll hear, I will like hear a certain line or something that sort of like triggers a like, oh man, what a beautiful story that could be told from that line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, uh, one of the tunes I wrote for the album Storytellers um, was called 30 Miles. And that was um, based on like a picture hanging in my room and just like looking at that picture and imagining what life would look like living in that house in that picture you know what I mean and so some of it is just um some of it is real some of it's daydreaming some of it is um not my story but it's come through me in some way I know it probably sounds like crazy but you know it's like when you look at like and this is something I I don't do as often as I'd like but every once in a while you like you hear a song and then you're like "I, I love this song yeah and you've heard it hundreds of times and you're like you know what I feel like I'm not saying the right lyrics. Like everybody, like they yeah. kind of just like, yeah. oh, totally. Like, yeah. So then, um, so then you'll like start looking at the lyrics and you're like, wow, that's what, well, one, like that's what they've been saying these like 20 years been listening to the song. Yeah. But then you start diving into, I'm like, well, I don't even know what that means. And then half the time I'm wondering like, does the, cause a lot of times when you're artists, it's like, Hey, like one of the, the favorite things I like is hearing an artist talk about the song. Like yeah. how, what's the inspiration, how they wrote it, where they wrote it. Yeah. And I remember like, well, most of them, like, they can't really give you a good answer. And I'm always like, why can't they just give you the story? And half the time I feel like maybe because they're, like, they're sporadically, like, brains all over the place. But then I also feel like they might not even know because it might just be something they came. Like, I don't even really know where my headspace was at, but I thought this was cool. And, like, my my wife loves Coldplay. And we, yeah. we like Coldplay. And one yeah. of the th- I remember seeing um, Yellow. Yeah. And Chris Martin was talking about Yellow. And he was like, 
he got the word yellow because it rhymed with the melody. He went outside, was outside. I think he was talking to somebody, like looked up at the stars and yeah. it opens up like, look at the stars, how they shine for you. And he liked that. And he ended up coming up with the word yellow because he was sitting down thinking and he looked over and there was a yellow book. Yes. And he was just like, yellow, he's like, yellow fits. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. but you think it's like this very thing. He's like, no, I was actually looking at a yellow book, but yeah. it fit the song, but I was kind of going for this theme, but that just kind of fit. And then we just went with yellow. Like, there, so some of it's not even like, you know, it's almost like a letdown. Like, I wish there was more to the yeah, story. It's it, like, it really wasn't. It just kind of yeah. sounded cool. It's like, it's, it's not all um, like super deep and complex, right? Yeah. Like sometimes you're like, oh, that word fits. It's like a puzzle, right? You know, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. That c- kind of has a ring to it or whatever, you know, and you're kind of figuring out this like interesting wordplay and the rhythm and not even necessarily, you know, at times, right? Like sometimes you're kind of like throwing words in there to help take up or fill up space mm-hmm. in a way, right? To hold place for maybe when you come back to it at some point to like really iron out what it is you're trying to say. And I... um there was a, I was listening to a podcast, an interview with John Prine, and he was like, you know, I, I wrote more songs with a steering wheel in my hand than I ever did a guitar. And I'm like, nothing could be truer. Yeah. I'm like, I feel like all throughout the day or in life in general, right? Like I'm getting these little snippets of a line or a story or a feeling or a conversation. And I think it can be hard to pinpoint for artists like, um, you know, like what was going on that made you write this very specific song? And you're like, I have a hundred stories going on in my head all at once yeah. about like various ideas or songs or themes or sort of like stories in my in my mind. And they're they're all sort of spinning. And some of them come out in a song that you're like, oh, I am stoked that that worked. <laughs> and it, many of them are like, no, throw do, that away. I mean, do you get that moment where you're writing a song where you're like, yep, I, I'm, I'm connecting the dots. It's mm-hmm. almost like. Sometimes, not yeah. not all the time. Yeah, there, there's been a, there's like a, there's probably a few to a handful of tunes that I feel like I can look back and they were like very clear. They came to me and I'm like very proud of the writing, you know, and then other ones I have a different relationship with. Like you, you know, like limped across the finish like, line. Like, well, that like, was therapeutic, okay. you know, yeah, just <laughs> or like, like I had to really get that out there or, or, you know, sometimes it's like, there's this gift of being able to, um, like touch on something or a subject, right. That like really, um, connects with people. And I obviously, I think that is like the greatest joy of music of like playing music and writing songs and having someone be like thank you. Like that is exactly what I'm going through or, or what I've been thinking about or right. Like it just, it ends up being this like point of connection and I, I am one for connection. I, yeah. I love it in all forms. So, so I think that's like the uh, language of it, you know, well, I was going to say like people like, like music is like the universal language. If you take all the lyrics out and just put yeah. music, like everybody just feels music. Like I yeah. love live music. Like yeah. that's, yeah. I, and I, I don't know what it is. Like I've gotten, as I've gotten older, I've appreciated live music more to the point where like most of my events that I take time to go do during the year revolve around a concert. Yeah. And like tomorrow we're planning on like going down to Albany and watching a show. Amazing. But it's like just going out like a nice summer night, like watching, just watching music, live music. And it's like, there's, there's something that like lifts up your soul where you're just like, you feel the energy and you're just like, whether it's, it's not even like you're in a bad mood and want, it's just like. You could be in the best mood and have, which is even better. You're in a great yeah. mood and go see yeah. music, but it just elevates the experience. And absolutely, um, I don't, 
I'm not like I have to be in the front row to listen to a concert. Yeah. Like I, I mean, trust me, I've been in the front row a couple times and they're amazing. But yeah. it's also one where like if you're just in there and you're like just feeling like the vibe of the crowd and just yeah. the people, it's like a lot of fun. It is. So like th- this, I mean, I'm on your website right oh, now. Oh yeah. Yes. And uh, Nina's Brew. That's your, yeah. That's, that's like your current gig right now. So though, so Nina's Brew was um, born in uh, Burlington in like 2017. Michael and Isaac and I started playing together, um, and then we like hit fifth gear and we toured a lot and pretty hard for like two and a half years and we probably played like 250 shows in the course of a pretty short amount of time and um you know like started to get on a circuit and and the the bus the train had left the station you know and and then um like life is happening right like um Isaac ended up moving and then we released an album and then the pandemic rolled in and Michael ended up moving, you know, and it was just kind of, so the amazing thing is these guys are like my brothers and we try to get together a handful of times throughout the year to, you know, continue playing together. Michael and I are doing some shows like next week together and we just went, um, the three of us just played a couple shows down in central New York at the end of May and, and it's just such a joy to like, we we sat in my um, very hot upstairs apartment in Burlington. Is that this right here? Uh, that sure is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was watching this earlier. I'm like, I feel like that. That's yeah, upstairs. that's a hundred percent. Yeah, we we sang a lot of music in that very small kitchen, but had great great acoustics. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, and we just, I mean, we just like went for it and and ended up doing. Um, yeah, it was uh it was such like a magical little unit and those guys are just so talented on every level and I feel like, you know, I've had the fortune of playing with great players and it's it's kind of forced you to rise up to the occasion, yeah. you know, and they've made me better every step of the way. Like so what's this feel like? I I've never experienced this and few have. Like just standing up here playing and just having like there's a good crowd of people there. I mean, there's yeah. hundreds of people out in the crowd. Yeah. And like, what's that like standing up there and just playing to people and like people just like head bobbing, you know, maybe tapping their foot, just kind of like hippie dancing or just yeah, chilling. Like, what, yeah. what's that like up there? Because you know, you're, I mean, you're the act. You're bringing the energy. You're the person that's like the catalyst of all this like fun out there. Yeah, it is. Um, it is every feeling you would imagine it to be, you know. Um, and I, I think the, the biggest, not even the biggest, but you just know it's an honor to be in that spot, yeah. right? And you know that you've like worked your butt off to get there, and you want to deliver. And you're like, I got to show up, and I have to be confident, and I, I just got to put it all out there, right? Because that, uh, you know, we're as humans, like we're sponges. So if energy is high and, mm-hmm. and it, it's hard not to be in a, you know, like on the Burlington waterfront with a couple of I was wondering, people. this is down, this is down on the waterfront. Yeah. There? This was, um, tumble down, which was a festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twiddles festival. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to play. It was very cool. Nina's brew. Um, the full band got to play, um, Grace Potter's Grand Point North oh, in yeah. 2018. And that was, um, we did the sound check for that, and I've never had so many goosebumps in my life because the sound system was Amazing. unbelievable, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you sing the first note, and you're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't know that. Th- I didn't know this was all possible, yeah. right? And and so you know, there are those elements where you're like, w- you have a moment of pause, like, 
I am here. Yeah, like I so cool. am here, you know, and you're just like working your ass off to stay present yeah. and feel all the feelings and, and just show up and do your best. And some of them go off the charts and some of them you're like, I, I missed some notes there. You know what I mean? And it's like you, it's, it's such a roller coaster, but you're, is, you're in it. So like you missing it, it, but I'm saying yeah. like you missing a note is not like to the people in the crowd. Yeah. They don't know the difference. Yeah. Like yeah. No, it's, it's just something you perseverate on the instant you walk off stage. Like, Oh God, I missed that. You know, <laughs> do you still get butterflies when you go out? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I do a lot more solo stuff now mm-hmm. too. And you know, like, um, like so many people, right? Like my confidence has wavered from, you know, zero to a hundred. And, and as I've gotten, you know, older and just like done this more, it doesn't necessarily get easier. I Mm -hmm. think I've just like learned some better strategies and had to really talk myself up. Like, I deserve to be here. They're not asking me to play this because they feel bad for me or something crazy. You know what I mean? It's like you really have to be like, I just got to go out there and be an honest version of myself. And if if one person can connect to that, then I've done my best. You know what I mean? Do you get like imposter syndrome when you go out there? Like you feel like you don't deserve it or you feel like why are people like watching me? No, not by the time I walk out there. It's all the like lead up stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like once you press play, it's like, nope, I'm in it now. And I I have to like do my job, you know, in that that sort of way of like, oh, you got to flip the switch from like, um, you know, artist to like performer because – you have been asked to be here to like put on a show and that is what I need to do at that point. As I say, when you go out and like this happens, do you, do you just feel like you just settle in and just get in a groove and like everything just kind of like, you know, muscle memory or whatever, or just like the habit takes over. Well, that would be amazing if all that happened. So you happened, feel like, cause you said like, you think about stuff. So you're like, yeah, so yeah. you think you're like working hard to get through this. And I don't know how artists are. I mean, they, people that go up and play, they make it look effortless. Like yeah. they're just strumming and you're like, it's just, they're great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes it feels like you sink into this flow, like anything, if you're an athlete or, you know, whatever, like you hit this sort of flow state. Um, and I have had this experience with music and sometimes you hit that flow state and other times you're paddling like a boss. Cause you're like, ah, uh, uh, wait, you know what I mean? And you feel like you're kind of just, yeah. you're working your butt off to get through it. You know, and there's it, 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 the, every experience is so different and every set is so different because it's like, sometimes if you're the opener, you've got 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like there's not really time for you to find your flow. Like yeah. you got to show up with your flow. Yeah. And then other times you've got t- two and a half hours, you know, and, it, and it's always interesting with like playing in groups or bands and, and everybody is showing up with their individual dynamic and then every, and then collectively you're trying to find that flow together, you know? And it's like, you have these memorable moments whether solo or with a group that you're like oh we sunk into it you know that was like you kind of like walk away like you don't have the words you know because there just aren't it's just this feeling and other times you're so you get that like you're in a trio and like all three are just kind of on that same wavelength yeah like we're just we're like in tune yeah you feel that when you're up there playing like making connections you know with the guys in the band or whatever you're just like i don't know like like Something's clicking tonight. Like something's yeah, just a little bit different. At that point, you're like not even hyper thinking about it because yeah. it's, it's working. You know, the, yeah. the thing, the thing, like you start thinking about these things when things are going a bit awry. Like, is yeah. it me? Is it that? Uh, should I be? You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, yep. you're kind of like trying to fit where you fit to, to, you're trying to think about like how, how you fit together. And when you just fit together, 
nobody's doing a ton of thinking because you're just in it. Do you, do you find that you get to enjoy the show more? Because you're just like playing, but you almost like... Because I would think if you're playing and you're watching bandmates play... There's yeah. got to be a level of like you're enjoying their work too oh, as you're playing. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's like, it's it's like a, cool. I'm playing, but I'm like, in a, it's almost like a surreal experience. Like I have like one foot in the the audience and I have one foot up on the stage. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like very, that part is, I feel so fortunate, like with Michael and Isaac, you know, I'm like, um, you know, those guys are both incredibly talented singers, incredibly talented musicians. And so when they take off, I'm like... I'm over here, you know, strumming my three chords like, this is awesome. You know what I mean? And yeah, I, I'm I like, pipe I'm, in for got, a harmony, right? Yeah, I got, that, I got the yeah. best seat. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Get away from these guys. Yeah, so so that part is like such a cool shared experience for uh, sure. So when you're, when you're going on and you have like a crowd like that, like how um, like how much of it's crowd work? Obviously, you're playing, but like yeah. how much do you try to like feed off of a crowd? And again, if you're doing a big gig, like Tumble Down, that's a, a, you know, a pretty big regional event. Yeah. But then you turn yeah. around and say you're playing – you know, at a local gig or a local bar and you have maybe just like a, a crowd of 20, 30 people having dinner at the bar or something like that. Like, how do you, you know, do you work at that? Or is that something just like, you don't, it just kind of happens and. I feel like, um, you know, whether you're playing to 200 people or whether you're playing to, you know, 20 people, it's like you can have the same like flowy euphoric show in both settings depending on sort of that like level of engagement those small shows are amazing because they're they're close and you can talk to the crowd and you can have a conversation on a night that it's like working yeah right and I think I think you know you kind of read the room and you get used to reading the room and like and sometimes you know I'm definitely not playing these like quiet sold out shows I am playing loud places I'm playing bars and sometimes engagement is really high and sometimes I I like kind of quote unquote like know my place and people are just you know I am like part of the ambiance I'm not the reason people are there right and it's and so I don't know I just I I always kind of like try to show up and and put my best foot forward and you kind of see what comes of the night. I, I, uh, <laughs> part of the excitement. Well, like sometimes, um, you must know Jay Lesage, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Jay played on Storytellers as well. Okay. So yeah. Jay, like yeah. fantastic. Amazing. And, oh my gosh. And yeah. so like Jay, who's one of my favorite artists, like just mm-hmm. lo- like local guy, but if people don't know him, he's, he's great. I'm sure you've seen him around. So, but you'll go to like, say like Anthony's and he's just like playing and like, but he's like in the background. You yeah. can hear him. Like yeah. you definitely know he's there, but yeah. he kind of has this way of like, just kind of like sinking into the night. Yeah. And then every once in a while, he'll like play a song that'll catch your ear or like he'll get a request. Like we go and Gene always like requests it. Like, hey, Jay, can you play this? And like, yeah. he'll be like, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And he starts playing it. And then like midway through, he'll play something. You'll like look over and he kind of like looks over and smirks and just yeah. kind of keeps playing. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, but so it's kind of, I just kind of like, I always like that because I'm like, it's not like you're paying to go see a concert, but it's like a little side thing. But it's even if you don't acknowledge the person playing all the time and like hopefully people go and like tip the person playing. But even if they're not doing that, and you're just there and like it's playing it's like a subtle thing that if it was removed you would make a big difference it's, totally and, but you're there and you're hearing it it just it like adds to the moment but it completes the, the moment and i think like music when you look at um you know just places that you go that have live music it's just like an extra element of like makes it better it's yeah. better than a dj it's better than just random songs playing over the radio it's like when you have that level of just you know, even if you don't really care to listen to the person, not in a bad way, but you're not like, you know, full attention on yeah, you're like talking sure. with friends, for but sure. it's like, 
it's just for me there's something about having live music that if i go in i'm like oh band's here tonight or if you go to a bar and like oh there's a live band like it just yeah. it's better i don't we, know well we need you we need we need folks that are like I, psyched about that and some people that's not what they're looking for you know what i mean like yeah. everybody kind of everybody has their um sort of like tastes and they're like and and some people just want to hear like a top 40 list or you know and some everybody just has this wide range of like right there's this wide range of things that people love and enjoy and some people are you know jazzmatazzed on live music and that obviously takes your night to a different level yeah versus the alternative so it's it, it goes I, both ways I, you know i'm the, such a live mu- like i'm if you give me live music as long like it's yeah. it's just a it's just a vibe and I, I like that um so regarding um like the touring aspect like so when you were touring you, you talked about doing cross-country tours and stuff like yeah. that like how does and I talked to Taylor about this too like how does that work regarding like the band are you doing your own management are you doing your own bookings you doing your own yes. like sales merchandise everything ed- yeah 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 so I have I have like always been an independent artist I've always done my um you know like everything from a to z mm-hmm. so like website updates and management and creation and then you know like logos merch booking gigs you know all of it and so um solo versus a band it's like very different Mm because obviously with a band you're running a business in a different way because there's like more co-workers right (laughs) and everybody has schedules and lives and things like i could i can do this one no i can't do this one well do you want to play this you know i mean it's like a yeah you know it's its own little logistical like challenge yeah. yeah it is it is it is it's this whole other other element and um you know at this point like doing it for myself i mean it's it is really time consuming and it is a lot of uh, you know, it is a labor of love. Like booking these cross country tours is like um, last year. Um, I did like a Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, Arizona loop, and um, this year uh, my partner Will and I are headed out to um, the Pacific Northwest to do like Montana, Idaho, Oregon, Washington. Oh, cool! I- I'm like still trying to piece together like one or two more shows. I mean, it is you're blindly emailing like everyone and their mother. <laughs> to try and you know score a gig you send your pitch and hope for the best so when you so how does that that process work let's take your current tour going up in the northwest like when you say okay where am i gonna play yeah and again i kind of talked to taylor a little bit about this like is there something you focus on or is there like venues that you're like either tipped off from someone that you know in the music space or this is just blindly like Google search who has music like a lot of it is that like live music vineyards in you know like Idaho you know or like Mm -hmm. you're you're kind of doing the the major searches and then obviously um with things like social media and just having sort of some of those contacts that you may not normally upkeep in your life like oh I know you know I have like an acquaintance friend that lives in wherever and and you know maybe I can reach out to them to be like hey do you have any recommendations of four or five places that you know, because oftentimes when you look up like live music in a city, like if you were to look up live music Burlington, you're going to mm-hmm. get places like Higher Ground, Nectars, this, that, and the other thing. And like, 
I'm not going to go play a higher ground in a different city where no one knows me. Yeah. You know, I'm yep. not at that level at yep. all. And so my goal is to be able to um, like leverage my capacity to play music and see beautiful spots and yeah. put some gas in my car and, you know, make ends meet or whatever and, and have an amazing trip and an experience out of it. And that was exactly what happened last year. And it was, you know, it was awesome. But we also went to places where I had like, I lived in Durango, Colorado. So I knew people there, had some really good friends in Denver, went to Flagstaff, Flagstaff yeah. lived in Flagstaff for a couple, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, tried to, I, last year was a little bit of a different story because I sort of had these little points of contact and something that I could add into my pitch. Like, hey, I've still got a bunch of friends in town, you know, lived there in the, you know, so-and-so time frame, like, am, am confident that I can drum up a bit of an audience. Whereas, like, the places we're going this year, like, I know nobody. So, so yeah, so the places <laughs> you're going this year, is this purely, like, this is, like, on the G bucket list of, like, places I want to visit? <laughs> this is places I want to visit, Okay, yeah, so this is, like, yeah. selfishly, like, I'm picking these locations. Yeah, like, definitely. Okay. I'm like, let's go play in the mountains, okay. you know, for, for a month. So, so. who's, um, do, do you take any um, inspiration from any musicians, any songwriters that are, like, really like idols of yours or or are you pretty much like I just try to do my own thing and I don't really listen to a lot of music and I just I am listening to music any and all of the time and it's so funny because whenever I get sort of asked this question I feel like I just instantly black out and I'm like oh I feel like I've never listened to music because I'm like you know when someone's like oh name your top three albums I'm like oh you know yeah yeah, like yeah. paralysis of trying yeah. to figure out what could possibly be the top three and they're not at just like answers in my pocket and they change because right like our tastes change and and this that and the other thing but or they can change I guess there's obviously some some all-time favorites but um you know like the powerhouses obviously like Bonnie Raitt Susan Tedeschi right yeah. like I um you know grew up with my dad listening to like um huge Almond Brothers fan yeah. you know a lot of like BB King and just like blues, yeah, blues jammy yeah. you know um my brother did like a lot of Grateful Dead my sisters were more into like R&B hip hop which was really cool so I feel like I have this very sort of like eclectic across the board interest in music from A to Z and I I just I like to explore and dive into it all I've been on a real bluegrass kick as okay. of late which has been really you know because it's a totally different like style yeah. of playing and so yeah. you know in terms of like stretching and growing on this instrument it's really fun to so you dive a little bit into bluegrass well I mean I I, I really enjoy listening to it yep I would definitely not consider myself a bluegrass player because I just can't keep up with that pace. Like, I mean, I've seen like the Gibson Brothers live, and those guys yeah. are so good. And like, yeah, amazing. I mean, you, you know? watch them just play, and like, and they got the guy in the fiddle, and they got the yeah. guy in like the stand up bass or the cello or whatever. And I mean, their fingers are just going, and the banjo. And yeah, I'm like, but yeah. it's like bluegrass is one of those. If I'm in the mood, I'm like, you're gonna go to a bluegrass like music concert festival, whatever. Like, I like the music. It's yeah. not like. It's also not something I'm constantly playing bluegrass, but yeah. like every once in a while, like even like around a campfire, someone puts bluegrass. I'm like, I like that. Like, it's yeah, a, just like, it's very. Something to I mean, it. yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's it's in its own little little category, but it's it's just so I I am like somebody that gets turned on to something new, and I just belly flop in, and I take the plunge, and I go hard, and I'm like, I'm the dark webs of all the to, you know. Yeah. It's like if I come across a song I love, I'm like, I will listen to this song. 800 million times for, you know what I mean? And then I'm like, okay, 
that was satiated. It, like next, you know. It, is there? Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, are there a couple artists that you continually listen to, or are you like you really try to venture out and just try new like new artists, or you kind of like fall back? Like, nah, I kind of have a core like five to ten groups that I'm always or singers I always kind of fall to. Um, you know, I. I don't feel like I have five or ten that I kind of always come back to. I, um, I've been listening to, um, you know, Dwight and Nicole are a really amazing group out of Burlington, and um, I just got to sing backup vocals for their album release party, and they're like a soul bluesy. Um, I mean, just incredible. So I've been, I've been, I was like listening to that album on repeat for like days and days and days and days and days and it's incredible and um definitely encourage folks to check it out um you know i've always been a fan of ryan's and Mm -hmm. and we became friends um he's also based out of burlington we became friends and you know and then sort of worked on storytellers together and that was i've always been a huge fan of his writing um and yeah, and then I, so I, I feel like I kind of um, been listening to a lot of um, John Craigie, Watch House. These are like things as of recent that yeah. I've been, you know, and then you like, I'll take the the kind of plunge into the like, um, like J.J. Kale and and some of those guys that, you know, and depending on my mood, I guess. And then other times I'm like, I need the roots, you know, I, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I go all over the place. Um, no, it's, it's like, are, is there any music that you just don't listen to um, or don't like? You're like, that's just, I mean, it's music, but I'm like, it's yeah. just not my style. I mean, I don't think I would like, um, there There really isn't any that I am like strongly adverse to. I, I don't like opt to listen to a lot of classical music, but I certainly don't, I appreciate it for what it like, is. Like, like I don't, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart. Yeah, that kind I mean, of, okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw that on. I've literally never thrown that on. I'd be come hundred percent lying to you, I, but I, I, I'm, I certainly appreciate it. I was just, thinking the other day, I'm like, yeah. what would be worse? And I love music, but I do find if I had to like fall into a category, it's like acoustic folk jam band, like that kind of vibe. Like yeah. I, I, I like guitar. I like music. I don't, I don't like, um, I don't really like the electric music, like the Steve Aoki, like Shrillix, that kind of stuff. That's yeah. like, that's not like some yeah. people like it, like working out and stuff. I'm like, I don't like that. I'm not like a heavy, I'm not into like disturbed and that kind of music. Yeah. And then I'm not into like opera. I was thinking yes. the other day, I'm like, what would be worse? Like going to an opera or going to like a heavy metal, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like like a Anthrax, like just like yeah. a band that I'm like that's, and I'm like I don't know what would be like. But the thing is, I mean, I have to say, I I feel like I've seen a lot of live music that I wouldn't necessarily like pop on my, you know, like. But it's good on in my live. car. But there is just this different element of a live performance that you can 100% appreciate, um, like a band that is doing their thing and they're kicking ass and they're up there like with a vibe that's like maybe not your kind of music, but there is, they're always for live music. I feel like is some sort of draw for me Yeah, because I'm just intrigued. You know what I mean? And it's like, no, I would not go drive five hours and listen to like scream punk probably, but a live well, music experience is so different. I think, well, I think if someone said like, Hey, there's a show going on, like, 20 minutes away and we're going, do you want to go to it? I would probably be like, yeah, yeah. well, I'll try it. Yeah. Like, like what, it's, yeah. same totally. thing. It's live music. So <laughs> totally. I, if I had to pick, I, I, I thought opera, but I feel like I would probably go with like, 
a heavier metal band knowing that they have a little bit more like they probably have a little bit more than i know where yeah, opera is yeah. very like opera like it's one of those where i'm like i re- i very much appreciate this yeah. talent but i'm like but like, there's always like some really um like intense story accompanying accompanying opera it feels like so it's i'm sure like, there is i mean i also you know like don't jam to a lot of opera ever um but i'm like and i've never been to um like a traditional like opera performance yeah but i feel like there's you know i guess from the little i know so i probably shouldn't be over generalizing here but it, um it feels like there's some some sort of like theatrical element to it that i feel like i can get engaged in yeah beyond the music i mean there, like you said there's definitely more than the stereotype yeah. Of it, yeah. and I, and I, fall, I definitely yeah. fall into like the, the yeah. totally ignorant. Like I have never heard Vopper besides like what you would see. Like yeah, totally. Um, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So it. Um. So the. Uh, so let's go like art. So now the art aspect, and I'm going to talk about art. And I'm going to come back. and I'm going to have you play because I love okay. listening to music. Awesome. And and again, I feel, I feel like I get very. Um, like spoiled because I get a free show. Like no, it's like great. Just chilling here. Yeah, no, it's um, awesome. So the art, the art aspect. Um, so we have Marigold Gallery in Vermont, and I know you're doing the mural. I've heard. I'll let you explain the mural if you want. Yeah, I don't know if yeah, it, I don't sure. know if it's like a like hush hush kind of thing. But no, I've, no, it's out in the. Julia told me, so I feel yeah, like yeah, no, it's, it's out like, in the great wide open. Okay, yeah. so um, <laughs> can you talk about kind of like your how you got into art, into Marigold, into mural. Yes. So I, um, I'm have been, um, like drawing and painting my entire life. I have always like had a love for it. And I minored in, um, I minored in art when I was at Ithaca. So I did a lot of oil painting. That was kind of my medium that I used. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then, you know, kind of like shifted gears pretty completely to music Um, and so art was, you know, like a recreational thing here and there, but I've like, you know, over the years have painted, like my sister would be like, Hey, come paint the boys room, you know, and have me do some sort of like random little mural for those guys or whatever it is. So, um, in, I have to think about the timeline here. So prior to opening Marigold, I had done, um, every year like a series of pop-up art shows because I started playing around with acrylic paint okay and painting canvases and really enjoyed like I am a relatively fast painter and I love like the quick drying the like layering I love a lot of texture I love bold color I I like to start a piece and kind of finish it, although I'm getting better about like working on a few pieces to <laughs> keep me entertained so I'm not like forcing a piece to be done because <laughs> um, that doesn't always work out that great. So I'm learning a lot as time goes on about sort of my habits and tendencies and yeah. which ones are working for me and which ones and, yeah. are not, which is maybe one of the benefits of being a school <laughs> psychologist. Like I can use some of these tools. Um so I, anyway, I did these like, um, you know, I, I would paint like 20 paintings, relatively all one size, do these pop-up art shows, um, and things were getting like pretty well received um, because I am so grateful for the Plattsburgh community, the community over in Burlington. People have just been incredibly supportive far and wide, and I 1,000% would not be able to do either of these two. Did you paint that? Um, I, uh, no, so that is a, that's actually a photograph of a, um, with like a filter on it. 
But I painted the like, you know, this is just like the video. It's time lapse of the mural. Oh. Yeah. And so eventually at the end. So that's the mural in the oh, gallery. And I yeah. saw that up above. This is. Yeah. We're, we're watching the video to 30 miles in case you were wondering about the tangent. Yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I saw it. I'm like, this is. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> gotcha. Sorry. I'm like, yeah, no, it's I'm all like good. shiny object. I'm like, that yeah. is amazing. It looks so cool. All good. Um, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> no. So, so did these, you know, like wow. pop-up art shows. And then in, um, in 2020, in November of 2020, after like, obviously months of not playing music and just feeling like I am going to go bonkers yeah. if I do not have some sort of like outlet that is creative, that is like feeding my fire. So I decided to, I found um, a really incredible space in Burlington and um, decided to just go for it and open this, um, turn this space into a gallery space and yeah, and then started doing like uh, so. I have one wall at the gallery that I've now done two murals on, and it's it is once again white. And so I'm getting ready to do a third mural. So I like paint these murals, time lapse the process. So far, I've made like two music videos out of them, and then I'll start this new one. Do you so. paint over and restart? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I paint it, and then I will like prime over it when I'm over it, and begin anew. But every time you paint, you you document it, so you actually yeah. kind of still have it. Yeah, hundred okay. percent. So cool. it's pretty cool because yeah. it sort of like evolves into a different medium at yeah. that point. And um, yeah, and so Marigold has been a really amazing launching pad, and so I'm getting ready to shift like full time into the gallery space and seeing what I can make work because I I obviously have like a long term vision. Well, I guess this wouldn't be obvious to people, but I have a long term vision for the space to you know like cross section with music and with art and it's a really um like special cool cozy space and i'm i'm hoping that you know to be able to like host some events and just ways to bring people together whether it's for a workshop or for like a storytelling night or for um you know like a music performance or just just ways for people to get out and be together in a space that feels good and we pop a little joy into people's lives and then they Take their joy and scoop. So I don't know if I, <laughs> I... I feel like I knew you did this, but maybe not. You, you did the uh, the Harrigans? I did, yeah. So I did um, Harrigans back in October when we were blessed with uh, like a few weather windows. Um, and yeah, super fun. So I'm going to so cool. tackle the other side of the building in the fall. They um, asked me to come back and do that. So, so my... So before I was doing what I do now, like for seven or eight years, I served ice cream. Yeah. So I served ice cream out of that building for like a few months. I had to fill in like one year. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I know I know this like building very well, but it's also one where, um, that just looks yeah. I was gonna say I've seen it in person, but it's kind of cool to see the whole thing. Yeah, it's really fun. So these um like I love the colors. gradient mountain scenes. Yeah, so I went and color matched the original like Harrigan's blue That's color. Beautiful. Yeah. And then basically from there you just go up the paint chip, right? And like gather like one one quart of paint for each layer that you need. So yeah, there was like six and then we looked up the um you know That's so cool. Yeah, the elevation at that like spot and made the little like Adirondack tip of the hat to the Adirondacks with the uh, brown and yellow signs. And- how, how hard is it to paint at on a scale? Like at scale? 
Meaning you're painting large murals. Yeah, I uh, like to work big. So I'm definitely like... Um, so that just fits you. That's like comes natural. Like yeah. more natural. Like Yes. Yes, I feel okay. like um, my hair is big, my personality is big. I like to paint big. <laughs> like yeah. um, it just sort of, yeah. I uh, oh my gosh, I was like tasked with doing. I don't do a ton of um, like commissioned paintings because mm-hmm. um, it just is they're difficult for me. And but every once in a while, you feel I, pressure to have to get it done. Yeah, it's yeah. a yeah, it's an interesting. It's it definitely shifts sort of the approach and. Mm-hmm. You want a person to feel, you know, you just know you you have two different expectations of yep. what, you know, success and a finished product might look like. And that is a little scary, you know, because you want to you wanna please whoever is, you know, supporting you. And it's like, uh, but then there's this room for like, oh, that's not what I was expecting kind of thing. And I'm like, that feels so scary. <laughs> uh, so. Well, I, I like I look at you talk about like the mural itself and um like I, I always think of like they obviously have the one of uh, Michael Anderson up on the you know yeah, above Betty Little Park yeah. and that one's cool but then there's the one of uh, Gene Ar- is it Gene Arthur yes yeah which is just amazing which yeah. is mind blowing because yeah. of the location where it's at like the one I mean you see the one of of Michael Anderson all the time because it's yeah. like a very yes. you know open exposure place but when you see the Gene Arthur one you don't expect it and all of a sudden you like turn the corner and you're like. Oh my god! And yeah, I, it's amazing. It's and I've a, seen it multiple times now, and I still stunning. get that feeling yeah. of like that. Yeah, it's stunning. Like yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, but that like level that like that doesn't intimidate you like something at that um, scale. So, the, um, the style of that would be if someone was like, "Hey, go paint a giant face," I would find that terrifying. Yes, because okay. it's like I am like. I love painting mountains, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there is just a different there is a different level of detail on those yeah. two things, right? And I'm somebody that Very loves color. I love to play with color. You know, I certainly I am not like a refined fine artist with, you know, the a level of attention to detail that making a face look alive and three-dimensional and just yeah, glow it's... and beautiful is a whole different realm that I'm like, oh, that is not my, you don't want me to do that. You know, like, it's like anything, right? Like, you don't want, um, you know, the, you don't want to ask the punk metal guy to cover the bluegrass tune for, like, your wedding first dance, right? Like, yeah, these yeah. are these are things that you're <laughs> like, uh, but sometimes it might work. But, like, by and large, like, I'm not your person for that. But if you want me to pick a bunch of big, bold colors and paint in, you know, these sort of like giant shapes and create something like I am, I am down for that. You're per- yeah. <laughs> so I'm not perfect for it, but I am da- I'm definitely, I, that doesn't feel super scary, but yeah, there's many other things that do. So have you, have you done any of the outside art locally? Or um, so the only other one that I've worked on is in Keysville. Oh yeah, uh, on yeah. The wall there. Yep. yep. So I was, um, I was the artist that was, you know, all of these, all of these huge murals are a collection of like many, many artists. Yeah. You know, and a lot at like I one mean, time doing the same, yeah. collaborative work. And yeah. Julia and Amy, that you know, hedge outside Art Plattsburgh, are just absolute like amazing gems that do so much work yeah. behind the scenes to gather a bunch of people, and then you add on like 
artist to that, which many of us can fall into this like, oh, we've got a million things going on and we're kind of like hard to pin down and deadlines can be difficult and like, you know, not to overgeneralize, but I certainly speak for myself and I am included in that, like where it's (laughs) like, oh my God, I've overcommitted, right? But um, nonetheless, there, and, and so all of these like masterpieces by and large have been the work of many artists, whether behind the scenes or the actual painting. So, um, so for the one in Keysville, I was charged with the, like that grid sky. Okay. So I got to pick all the like colors and kind of, you know, tackle that, which was really, really cool. And then, yeah, this one. So, um, Andy McGill and I are the lead artists on this mural that's going on the side of Aleka's, which is the biggest wall I've ever done. It's like 30 feet high because it's a three-story building. Mm -hmm. So, ish. I don't know if these are like – and then, I mean, I'm assuming it's got to be like a good 50 feet across. I would think. And and, Yeah, um, so – when I, I mean, we have like a lift and all the cool things like that. So. Well, <laughs> so Julia told me um, about it and she told, and I'll let you explain what's, what it's going to be, but she ended up telling me about it. I'm like, that is literally the perfect spot. There's so many people that come kind of down that narrow yeah. way and it like, and the thing is you can see that wall quite a distance away. Totally. Cause there's really, it's yeah. not, it's not, obstru- there's no uh, obstruction to your view for probably since from the government center on, you can kind of start seeing that whole totally. wall. So you get a whole chance yeah. to really like look into it. Yeah, so we're doing like a um, sort of a nod to an old-fashioned um, postcard. So it's going to say, Welcome to Plattsburgh, the Lake City, and it will be um, a lake, mountain, sky, and then the lake will feature um, – we have like a geologist coming. I mean, they're putting wow. these things that are very um, like uh, unique and important to the area and that also just like – geologically and um, like environmentally makes sense. So we'll have um, a bunch, uh, like a handful of different fish species. And then we're having other artists come in to do a few different sailboats. Um, we're having, of course, Champies getting a little yeah, shout I, out I was going to say, you know what I heard the <laughs> yeah. other day? There was a couple that I, I was talking to. A quick aside, there was one guy was from New York. The yeah. other one was from Vermont. New York, we call him Champy. In Vermont, they call and you're from both sides now. So like they call him Champ. Is that oh, true or do you find that I you, you know, f- he doesn't come up in conversation a lot for okay. me. So. <laughs> so someone someone's like like Champion or like and she's like it's Champ. I'm like, "Oh, oh I didn't really know funny. there was like I didn't know there was like a distinction." Yeah. No, so I guess east no. and west side of the water so, yeah, got a different but, term. But sorry. Okay, keep, I'm going to start going. have to mess with that a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring Champy over to the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, we're, we are getting ready to kick that off on, uh, next Monday. Actually, we oh, start. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. And so I, we start that next Monday and then, um, yeah, I so take it'll be off. done this summer. Oh, it'll definitely, it'll be done, um, by the end of the month. I, like I leave for my trip June 29th. So we, I'll, I'll just be like rolling and rolling and rolling and Andy. So and, it should be done in probably oh. two, three weeks. Yeah, by the end of the month, it should definitely wow, be done. Maybe with the exception of like a handful of details, but like for the most part, I mean, we're on operation like cover 150 feet of wall. So wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So, um, so so like the whole okay, so the whole thing like the detail of this like how does this start? Like who comes up with this? Is it collaborative? Do you guys sketch out like a, a like a piece of paper like we this do the idea? all these things okay. yes yeah so um there's kind of like an initial idea that like um julia and amy will come up with um 
I guess, depending who's involved sort of on the back end of things. Yep. And then they go through and, or, and choose a couple of folks to be sort of the lead artists yep. and who might be a good fit for what they're asking for. And then start to bring in these other elements. And yeah, and then, we, you know, we go from there. So we've had... Um, one meeting to sketch out some things and then Andy and I have met because we had to do a bunch of color choices and start to kind of you got I mean you kind of just have to like jump into it and start making some decisions because the design alone right like we could go back and forth on this for months and months and months right and um and then also thinking about the the you know like our timeline the level of the the hugeness of the actual (laughs) wall and like what we can get done with you know we can't rent a lift for three months like it's like okay what do we need to do to sort of like make this happen within a budgeted amount of um finances and with the people and the resources and how are we gonna you know make it look beautiful so, so <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I'm always so what I guess is a basic question. I don't think I asked Amy or Julia this, but like what kind of paint do you use? Is there a specific type of paint or is this just like it's like exterior house paint? And that's, that's yeah. All, that's and, and so the big thing is like you just have to get so that that's like part of the thing when you're working on this massive scale. It's mm-hmm. like you don't want to be doing a ton of color mixing that you would normally do when you're sitting with a canvas. Yep. Right. So you have to think about like, OK, what ways can we do these like big blocks of color? And, you know, so very much like one color. There's not like a blending. It's kind of like, um, you know, initially and, and like initially it's thing. And this is how I think about it. Right. Like everybody has their own sort of like process and how this works for them, you know, but I think about it in like laying like big blocks of color down. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, OK, let's get in there with. Um, you know, like some highlight colors and like where can we put a line that's going to give this a shadow to give it some depth. And, you know, like those kinds of details, I think, start to work themselves out a bit more because I'm not experienced with painting walls the size of like a three-story building. Yeah. So um, so this will be new in terms of I have painted a lot of murals, but not this so, size. So when you, like, I guess the other thing too is if you're like driving up and just because of the actual, as- like the ratio of what you're dealing with yeah. and you're looking up at it, um, like how, like a small detail on paper could be just something very small. And like you said, blends in up on yeah. a wall, like that small detail could be feet wide. Correct. So like, do you, is that, is that kind of trippy to do when you're say up on a scaffolding and you're painting? You yeah. Know, like, I feel like this three foot wide thing is now way too big. But then when you step back, you're like, actually I got to go like another yeah. foot more on yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, even with painting like murals in the gallery, mm-hmm. right? Like there is, I cannot tell you how many times I walk to and from the wall. Like yeah, okay. a million times. And that's on a, you know, that's like a normal, like eight feet by 12 feet. You know yeah, what I mean? And, yeah. and that sort of like back and forth perspective. But the amazing thing is, uh, is having all of these artists at the table, right? Is for the conversation to be like, okay, you know, I don't need to step back. Tell me what I need to do because I'm the one up in this lift or I'm the one on the ground and sort of that conversation, which is the amazing thing about collaborating on something this size. Like doing this by yourself would be really, really difficult and challenging. And the collaborative, you know, aspect brings so much to the table, but including just those, like everything you were saying, right? Some of those small decisions that we can take for granted on a piece of paper that end up being kind of big decisions when you're thinking about this massive wall and to be like, you know, what do I need or, or how far does my line need to go over? Does this mountain need to get bigger? And, you know, those kinds of things. Like so how does And how does that work like when you're on scaffolding? Like boom, so down? We're a, no, like, we're, yeah, we're in a lift. 
We're in a lift. Okay. And, and Amy assures us that she is a profesh when it comes to operating a lift. But so. like when you're like you talk about like, <laughs> but if you're painting a mural and you're standing yeah. on the ground eight by 12 and maybe you're standing on like a step stool or something. Yeah. It's very easy to get down, walk back and look like when you're totally. up, when you're up on a lift and you're like painting. Uh-huh. Like, do you go like, okay, all the I've way I've never down? been on a lift to paint. Okay. I, I'm always curious Holy because I'm Moses. like, that's just, that seems like it's a lot of. Yeah. It's just like, it's a, I mean, it's the same idea, but it's just yeah. more of a tedious process because then you're like in your head. I know this sounds silly, but like you're in your lift and naturally people are like, it's like anything else. Like, I just feel too lazy to go down and check. So I'm just going to just like w- go with it. Yeah. And that's where you have to have like folks that you're working with that you really trust. Right. And then you have these conversations like I can, or you know, if, Andy, if Andy's up in the lift, right. I can be like, oh, bring your line over three more feet. Right. And that will. It's, it's that's so what crazy. it needs right and and you you build that trust with each other and because you know you're all in it to make a beautiful piece of art yeah. right and everybody wants to deliver and so that's it you know it's the difference of being a solo performer and playing in a band right and you're like everybody wants to deliver here so, so on both of these so art band yeah um we talk about lead artist is there is there like What's the hierarchy in both, like in, in painting in, in the band? Is it 100% like you got a trio? Is it really split, you know, 33, 33, 33? Do you guys find that like, no, we've designated, you know, G as our captain, like our our leader, whatever, or same thing with the art? Do you find – because I find if you have like everybody kind of trying to do something yeah. and people don't really have like roles and not roles of like you're more important or less important to me, but it's yeah. almost like – let me just own this part. You own this part. And then we all collectively work together or that we're not stepping on people's toes or we're not like, do you take it? Do I take it? Like, yeah. Do you find, I don't it know is, how that works. It is a dance. I mean, it is a dance and everybody does it so differently, right? Like mm-hmm. band, you talk to fellow people that are in bands and they, you know, run things. There is a spectrum of how things are run. And I think, you know, I haven't been a part of, um, these huge collaborative like art projects enough to be like, you know, this is how it works. Aside from the fact that there is a constant conversation going on with people who are trying to make decisions and like anything, right? Like you, you come in like open-minded, flexible, you got to give, you got to take. And then because the bottom line is like decisions need to be made. Right. Yeah. And and nobody wants to be the one that comes to the table and is like, this is how we're going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I think I think just coming in um, with I, at least on my end, and of course, like every time you participate in something like this, every, you know, the first year Nina's Brew was together versus the third year, right? Like these conversations sh- shift and change, and you learn more and you figure more out, and you're like, you know, or even it, build the trust of like, yeah, and just yeah. yeah, because it's everybody's. There is no formula for how to do this and to keep everybody like happy and as low stress as possible. And you're just trying to always like dial that in because for what whatever any of us are doing, right? Like when we can feel present and not bogged down, and we can feel you know like passionate and you know informed and ready, like we're going to feel confident and really good about what we're delivering. So the like any team, like you want everybody to be valued and coming to the table with ideas. And, you know, it, it, that all sounds like ideal. That is not the way it works on the regular, but you're always aiming for that, right? Like you're always aiming to to get that like more oiled and just so, better. <laughs> yeah. So like when, when you guys started, um, like how does the process of coming up with a song? Is this just like, okay, you know, 
let's say you want to, you have an idea for a song. Do the other guys just say, Hey, gee, run with it. Bring your ideas, bring your, bring the lyrics, bring the whole kind of vibe of the song and we'll fill in the gaps and kind of yeah. maybe polish it. And do you guys all take turns on that? Or is it more of like, no, G's our singer songwriter. We fill in the gaps with our, our music and we'll do like the harmonies and the backing vocals, but we kind of follow her lead on a song or vice versa, whoever. Yeah. So, um, you know, in talking about like Nina Sprue specifically, like, um, original, um, original music that we played, like were songs I wrote and brought to the table and the guys like we, we honestly kind of just like started playing together and then we started playing out and then we started playing out a ton and our set and our songs just evolved in front of audiences over the course of years. Like we did not sit down and make sort of these like decisive by and large, we did not make these like decisive decisions. We really only ever made those types of decisions if we went in to do some recording because you kind of have to. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, and so, um, yeah, that process is, is, and then, you know, um, Michael and Isaac would, Isaac does a lot of writing and, you know, so we'll play some of his tunes here and there. And, um, you know, we like jump in and try to add the layers, but it's not like you take this, you take this, fill in this. It's just, it's a bit of an unspoken sort of. So like what percentage of like when you go out and you play like, well, who comes up with the set, like the set list? Um, Do you have an established set list before you step on stage? Sometimes. Okay. Sometimes you just kind of like, ah, let's play this. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We would have like, you know, we would have, um, looking back, right? Like we, Michael and Isaac and I have also, you know, since like that time, we've all played a bunch of shows. Everybody's gotten, you know, four or five years older. And and so you start to dial in some of these things. But we would, um, you know, like... Uh, pretty regularly not roll in with a set list and and just you know we'd have our like four to five go-tos in the beginning to kick things off and then it would kind of be like let's see what we're looking at in terms of like crowd and engagement and what the room sounds like and what the energy level is and do we have room to bring something down to a quieter tune do we have room to get big do we need to get big yeah you know do we play a great cover to capture people's attention like you were mentioning with you know with jay it's like you you play something that you just know people are gonna know and then you hope you can keep their attention for one more tune right yeah so it is a it's kind of Always ebbing and flowing. So like in in the course of a concert, how much is structured and how much is improvised? Or like a gig? Like if you go out and you're like, hey, we're going to play this song. Do you guys just go off and like, hey, let's have someone take a solo or let's maybe we... It's a lot of... We were a lot of improvisation. Okay. Yeah. So it's just yeah. kind of like a... I I mean, it's like, you know, you have like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, yeah, those parts are set in stone. We know our harmonies on those. We... You know, we sing those pretty predictably because we're three people that need to be able to listen to each other and, you know, jump in and jump out when needed. Um, but a lot of the music in between all that is was pretty improvised. So when you guys are playing and let's say like someone's maybe doing a solo or going off and doing like something, like how do you guys I'm always I'm always fascinated with like bands that they kind of go off because there's bands that just play like a very linear song. They start mm-hmm. from the beginning, they go from start to finish, they hit all, like kind of what you hear on like a record yeah, or something. Yeah, totally. And then you get a live version and there's a lot of improvis- improvisations or solos. There's kind of like people just like maybe, you know, someone, and again, I was talking 
with Taylor again, she goes like, sometimes there's just a couple people vibing and they're doing something. And I'm just like, like quietly strumming a couple notes yeah. just to like fill in like totally. a very subtle sound. Um, but when you're going in, like, how do you bring it all back together? Because I find that bands that, um, like, I'm a massive Dave Matthews band fan. So when I watch them play and you see them go and they're all going off and all of a sudden they almost like, and like, boom, and like yeah. on a, almost like a beat, they're all back on the same melody. Yeah. And I yeah. know that's years of playing, but that is time. But I'm all, yeah, I'm always <laughs> curious. I'm like, is there like, is there a structure? Is there. Um, you know, like I think Taylor was saying, like every once in a while you might play and you'll hear someone like maybe hit the hi-hat on the drums yeah. and that's like kind of your cue, like this is our sure. last like maybe yeah. measure around kind of thing. Totally. So you guys have those like little like, I mean, there's a, you things. know, like if communication is 80% nonverbal, it is particularly that with a okay. band. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you're just doing a little bit of a head nod or you're like, we know we're going to kind of do a 12 or 16 bar thing here. But if somebody's going and it's working, like let's stretch this out kind yeah. of thing. And it's a look, you know, it's a look and it's like a head nod, like, all right, let's bring it back. And or it's That's a so chord cool. change or progression or somebody kind of starts to pick up the familiar rhythm again. Right. And and then it's like, all right, let's uh, sink back into it. So that's you know? it. Like, and, and I'm, I'm, an, I, I'm very nerdy and like science. And I'm very like when, when you say like I'm a planner, like yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm fine with things going off. But I'm like I always want to make sure that I'm like prepared and ready. Yeah. So when I'm like I watch people in a band and most people I feel like are very just kind of like f- more flowy than like yeah. structured. But I'm always like the science part of it. And I don't even know if it's really a science, but like the idea of like there there's like there's something there where it's not it there's improvising but there is a structure and there is definitely and i and i always find that very like i've seen a lot of live music and i always am like baffled where i'm like they just make it look so effortless and like they tie it in and they just like tighten it up and again someone that's not in the music like the actual playing of music yeah and i'm just i'm just like a total like i drink i like having a drink and listen to music but (laughs) uh, but like when you watch it and like there's an appreciation for just like the vibe of it like i like you mentioned the grateful dead before like i love the dead but yeah they'll jam on a song for 25 minutes and all of a sudden they come back and i'm like some people don't like the jam i don't mind the jam but like they come in i'm like they just completely brought that right around or played three songs and came back in and it's like it's just it is a, it's you cool. know, it's a full conversation just as we're having here, right? Like mm-hmm. there's not been some sort of, we did not have a plan for what we no. were going to talk about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, I'm confident the conversation is going to flow because I have things to say and you have questions to ask and like, yeah. you know, vice versa. And it is that same conversation put to, you know, an instrument and then time and trust in your people and yeah, I mean, just years and years of playing together will... 100% sort of like lend itself to being able to hone in those conversations. It's like, I'm sure with, you know, I can say this because Gina and I are friends, you know, I'm sure there's like a look that you can get from Gina and you know exactly what she's saying without her having to say anything or vice versa. Yeah. Right. Or like your kids, and right. Or mannerisms. Like, oh, and, totally. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, that's, we're ready to go. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So you, you just, and, and that is the, that is like the very beautiful thing about bringing that to, um, like a song it is that conversation over over music you want to play a song play or play oh, something yeah i'd be happy to play a song uh, i gotta take my headphones off for a moment no you do it, you reach, do your thing reach i the things i i <laughs> will uh i'll fill in the, the dead space but um yeah so you i i love when people bring their music here because it just it just adds an element and it's great you also got long strings at the end of the guitar i do do you, cl- do you cut them or just let them um i let them <laughs> 
Sometimes I cut them. Okay. But it's interesting. See, this is the difference. Like, I would be like, I got to cut those. I got to have the clean look at the end. But I also, I'm not a good guitar player, so. Um, We'll give this guy a little tune because she's. We got a Martin? Yeah. Is that that your favorite kind of guitar? Yes. And what makes it? It's just like, is it just a. Is there something that like jumps out, either sound or. Yeah. Yeah, the tone? Yep. Yeah, my first guitar um, that I was saying that I got for uh, my high school graduation from an uncle was like a 1956 Martin. Oh, wow. And it is just a beautiful, beautiful little baby. And I I have tried other guitars, and I continue to come back to Martins. And okay. they just, yeah, they, um, I don't know. Do I need to put those back? No, no, no. You, have you ever been to um, Dick's Country Oasis? Yeah. That is like... <laughs> If nobody's ever been up there in Cherubusco, <laughs> this place, like, it literally is an oasis. It comes up out of, like, middle of nowhere. It's, like, guns, gas, guitars, and, and uh, groceries. Yeah. And yeah. you just show up, and they... All your needs. Argu- arguably <laughs> have probably, like, the best guitar selection. Yeah, it's like, amazing. It's just weird, but you it's... You can spend an unbelievable amount of time in that place. It's But it's so cool, but you don't <laughs> expect so cool. it. You walk no. in, like, this is not really a thing. You walk in, like, oh, my God, this is, like, legit. This yeah. is as legit as it gets, so... You can play whatever whatever your heart desires right now. This is a tune called Mixtape. Okay. Had him sing all the things I couldn't say And I thought it might be a little bit easier It's a really weird mix So it's got so many of my favorite lines Well, I thought you might have a listen Stop and rewind Made you mixtape Got a couple real slow ones Well, it's happy and sad And everything that's in between I hope you like number 10 It's really my favorite It's from that movie I'm sure you know the one Well, I made you mixtape even made the artwork too and i used to green sharpie i was trying to make it look cool hope you like number nine got the word love in the title made me nervous to put it on there but like i said well i made you a mixtape adam sing all the things i couldn't say and i thought it might be a little bit easier Made you mixtape. Had him sing all the things I couldn't say, and I thought it might be a little bit easier. Let the music tell the story. Let the music explain it. They all say it so poetically. Little tune and some honesty. Mm-mm. 
your mixtape Had him sing all the things I couldn't say And I thought it might be a little bit easier I made you a mixtape Had him sing all the things I couldn't say And I thought it might be a little bit easier <laughs> that's that one <laughs> so what so okay let's go back so when did yeah. you write that song i wrote that song and uh nina's brew was playing together at the time so probably like 2017 ish and is is there a story behind it i was listening to a podcast um and they were talking about um People were talking about like handing mixtapes over to DJs and sort of, you know, you make a mixtape, you hand it over to a DJ, you have these conversations. Um, and I I just was like so nostalgic yeah, in that absolutely. sentiment, you know, and it just I was like, oh, my gosh, I spent so much time pouring my heart and soul into these, you know, love letters that are mixtapes, right, where you like you have one person in mind, you're making you're making this for them and you're picking like all of your all of the tunes that weave together to you know um, make this little musical story. I was going to say I think anybody <laughs> makes him making a mixtape doesn't randomly put songs on. They made it for like a friend or oh, a significant totally. other yeah, or like yeah, a, yeah. or like a bunch of buddies or something like that where it's yeah, like Yeah, for sure. or a sports team even just yeah. like making a mixtape for like a yeah, warm up song. what's going to feel good? Yeah, yeah. Like if ever kids doing that, like, I got to come up with the mixtape. Yeah. I got to have yeah. like good music on 100%. there. 100%. Yeah. Um so like something like that how was that like one that kind of poured out or was that one like, yeah. I, okay, that's yeah, an that, easy one. That one uh, kind of poured out because I came up with that like guitar riff that I, you know, like the yeah, intro yeah. part of it, right? And it's that, catchy, it's poppy. Like, and that was like the thing that sort of, um, and I have no idea what happened first, aside from the fact that I listened to that and I got the idea about like reflecting on a mixtape and the nostalgia I fe- felt just listening to that conversation. And I was like, duh, like, <laughs> so how, when you pick, um, so, and again, I, I, I'm assuming this is based on like how the song would go up and down or different, like when you pick chords, but like when you're going and you're strumming chords and you're kind of mixing it up, like I, like it looked like you had like G, you had some C, you had a couple ones that I wasn't really sure what they are. You're sliding, but like when you're starting to put those in there, like, are there some where you're like, this just feels like it's going to be this chord progression or is this, or do you just kind of like play and like, I don't even know what this chord is, but it sounds good. Yeah. It's a combination. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I am um, not someone that thinks about, cause I don't know. This is like a lack of knowledge. Like I don't know what should or shouldn't quote unquote come next. Like mm-hmm. according to like, you Theory know, like, like, oh, the one, four, five, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just want to like, sometimes I will write something on guitar and I'm like, oh, I really like where that's going. Or I have a melody in my head and I'm like, I need my voice. I want the song to go here. And like, what do I need to do on my guitar to match that? Or where, where is that going to sit? How are those? What, what was, what was the first song you ever wrote? Um, uh, like walk away, I think was the first song I ever wrote. How old were you? Oh, or how long was like ago 18, was this? Maybe. So it was do you like still know how to play it? Twenty-one years ago. Do you still know how to play it? I I know the um. It's uh. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Hold on. All right. I'm gonna take these back. No, off that's fine. It's yeah. just hitting. 
it's like something like I like that. I like that like I like that yeah, melody. It's like something. It actually like kind of like has a mixtape vibe, which is kind of funny playing them right after another cuz I Yeah, it's been a really long time since I've even like strummed this pattern. Well, so, sometimes it's like just like it's very like hypno, hypno, hypnotic like it just you play it and you kind of just like get in a groove and you're like I don't even this just feels very like just smooth and relaxing. Oh, well, thank you. I like, doesn't it, I mean, do you get that at all when you play it? And like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes like, yeah. you just play the same thing over and over. And this could be just practicing. You, you like play the same yes. progression. Definitely. And it's almost like, I'm just like, I don't even know. I'm just like almost in this like zoned out state. Yeah. It, 100%. Yes. It's very it, easy to get, get into that, <laughs> which is really, you know, which is really nice. I'm sure, um, yes, bless, um, my partner will that puts up with me like playing the same thing for like two hours straight. He's probably like, Oh my God. You yeah. know, like I've just been listening to these four chords. For, but at least you know? it's smooth. It's not like, I'm, I'm sure you're, even <laughs> worse, not all like this, even so. worse would have been your parents listening to the alto sax the first few years. Oh, like, 100%, Oh my God, yeah. oh, gee, come on. Oh, like yeah. truly, <laughs> that's, I was going to say that's, that's a little more, <laughs> like, pe- a little I'm more sorry. screech, a little more screech than guitar. Um, Definitely. so, <laughs> Definitely. um, so the, the other thing, like the did strumming come natural to you? I find strumming so hard. Uh, no, I'm still figuring all that out. I am still figuring it, all that out because, um, you know, it is, uh, yeah, I have like had this very sort of, um, I feel like specific and like narrow way of playing in a lot of ways for a long time where things can just start to sound the same. So you're trying to write different music and you're like, okay, I'm always doing this like slap strummy thing. Mm -hmm. And it seems always like in a swing style at a similar tempo. And, And this is what like taking lessons opened up tenfold for me was just thinking about like different ways to strum different rhythmic patterns. Um, you know, like, yeah, I and I'm I'm still trying to figure that out. And then I'm I'm also trying to figure out how to go between those two things of doing more traditional like finger picking style and yeah. then being able to strum and, you know, have my rhythm be more consistent and just, you know, predictable. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love that music moves so much, but you know, in playing with groups and playing with people, having that really locked in makes a pretty significant difference so um <laughs> last last question i want to ask you about yes. and then i'll probably have you play one more song okay. to play us out but all right going full-time to music mm-hmm. kind of like talk about this like what was the like the straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing and like where do you anticipate this going is this something you've had in the works is this something where you're like you know what i'm just betting on it i'm just gonna try it i mean like where it- did the plunge come from it I opening the gallery um and sort of like being in that space and wanting it to grow in ways that I I just like I know it's not physically possible unless I'm there to put in sort of the like physical hours yeah. and build it build this thing that I'm I am passionate about building um it it was not it is not going to work until i sort of like rip the cord and i've yeah. had a safety net my whole life and being a school psychologist has been amazing i have learned i mean 
infinitely from that experience. And also, I mean, just have hilarious stories and kids and this amazing community of friends that I've met along the way. I just, um, you know, I've like come to a point where I have these two things, music and art that I'm like wildly passionate about, and I'm starting to figure out how to make them sustainable. And I have dreams for, um, you know, spreading the love and joy, which sounds corny, but I, you know, the gallery is a really special place and, you know, being able to sort of like see, see, have these little glimpses over the last few years of people being in the space and noticing, um, just like the energy in there and what that little, what those little moments can do for all of us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I just, it, these two things have been with me for, you know, music and art have been with me my whole life in some capacity. And I feel like it's time to do the big scary thing. And I'm fired up and I'm like ready to make it happen. Yeah. So like I'm soon. terrified. I'm yeah. Like school, like, like days, like the kids are done school tomorrow. Right. And I have like paperwork to finish. And then, and then when, by the time I leave for this trip on June 29th, like there will be the end of school, a mural painted on the side of this giant building and I will drive West <laughs> and then just have this month to be like, okay, I, here we go. You know, that must be like pretty liberating though. <laughs> yeah. It feels, I mean, it feels, I, I'm really excited. I'm really excited because I feel like I can, um, I feel like I have some tangible hopes and dreams that I'm excited to s- to see come to yeah. come together. You know what I, I mean? I think it's and awesome. So <laughs> we'll I, I love I love when people just like bet on themselves and they go all in on it. And it's I'm just... going all in. I mean it, it doesn't happen without this like massive like I was saying, you know, like these things don't happen without this. I have been so fortunate with an incredibly supportive like family and partner and friends that have allowed me that have bought my paintings and come to shows and they have been like relentless in their love and that is that is the reason I feel safe <laughs> and well cared for and that is why I can take this I can open this next door and see what shakes you know awesome <laughs> yeah well we're gonna you're gonna play us out here so okay. give us another minute or two of a jingle okay whatever one you are feeling all right and then again uh folks this is episode 236 with Giovanina Bucci. Oh, that's that's, I did that two was for really two. great. I kind of tried to say great. it fast because if I messed up, I said it fast and I felt like I was like, wait, no, he, you're perfect. He was perfect. really good. Okay. All right. We were talking about 30 miles earlier, so I'll play that Take one. Take it away. Yeah. All right. Cool. There's a picture hanging on the wall in my bedroom. Tiny little cabin tucked way back in the woods I don't know the story of who's lived there Colored green like the trees it sits among Oh, I don't want nothing fancy, I ain't fancy A wood stove burning like the love I share with you and I don't want nothing dizzy, it's been so busy A quiet place, 30 miles from town will do And I wonder about the life we'd build if we built it there Our backyard of trails to the mountains we call home 
An acre full of rocks, throw a line and we can climb on In a room full of books and paints for when it's raining I don't want nothing fancy, I ain't fancy A wood stove burning like the love I share with you And I don't want nothing busy, it's been so busy Quiet place, 30 miles from town will do Maybe nobody's ever gonna hear this song all along I've been looking for a stage to sing it on Turns out I don't want a stage at all I'd be happy there with a cold beer singing to you Oh, I don't want nothing fancy, I ain't fancy Wood stove burning like the love I share with you and I don't want nothing busy, it's been so busy A quiet place, 30 miles from town will do Just a quiet place, 30 miles from town with you A quiet place, 30 miles from town A quiet place, 30 miles from town with you just a quiet place, 30 miles from down with you. Thank you for listening to The Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.